Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and of course, Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, what a difference a week makes. Shamrock Rovers beaten twice in four days, and the league is wide open again, Nathan. Yeah, yeah it's great to see, though, isn't it? Just, just in general. Um, we were even talking ourselves like, off here and on here, I suppose, about how the, the Premier Division was setting up to be a bit of a, a one-horse race, but geez, thankfully it's not happened, and and then some Shamrock Rovers off the top pitch and all of a sudden we have two lead, lead leaguers as um, we're one game away from the mid-season break. Did you see the game? Was that game you got to see yourself? The, the clash of the Rovers, as you like to call it, because uh, I, I tuned in myself and I must say, entertainment game of football, first half was probably not the best, but it definitely brightened up in the second. Monday night is a brutal night for me, Nathan, and so I was jumping in, jumping out and catching this, that and the other. So I actually caught most of the goals on uh, the Airtricity uh, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, from what I was seeing, it was a, a competitive game and, and a, a, a really, I, I just really enjoyed the topsy-turvy nature of, of the last four days, you know, and... We're going to have to go on to something a little later, but I know we'll actually go on to it now because we might as well hold our hands up now. Uh, Georgie Kelly gets the perfect yeah. hat trick, but he also put in the perfect performance that we were waiting for for a long time. And I suppose it sort of it, it, it tells us that we were right to be disappointed with him because there is those performances in them. Yeah, he wasn't just poking holes at him just, just for the sake of poking holes. Like we've seen him at the dark, what he can do, albeit, you know, coming off the bench. So. The ability is there, and we just want to see him doing it on a consistent basis, which what he needs to do now. He needs to kick on from this perfect country, as you, as you well called it, uh, and, and start doing it regularly. Because, again, looking at him playing, it's it's what we've been saying. He's been lacking, you know, he, the physicality was there, the finishing ability was there, the, the presence about him that, that we haven't seen at all all season. Um, now, look, we we could we would talk about Dundalk in a sec, uh, and the day were just embarrassing on the night. Uh, it was really, really was a horrendous performance by them. But George Kelly, you know, his three goals, like I said, left foot, right foot, and a header, yeah, took them all very well. His movement was brilliant in the game. Uh, he, he was dropping back deep, which in fairness, he hasn't dropped back a lot um, throughout the season. But the difference is dropping back, getting the ball, and he's not admiring the pass. You know, he's following up, he's moving, it was spot on all night. He's finding a box of space for himself. His presence was brilliant. Yeah, it's just, this is the George Kelly that we need to be seeing with the physical attributes that he has. Yeah, we'll stick with this game because I know it jumped straight into that. Uh, it just popped into my head. Oh God, we're going to have to say something about Georgie Kelly here because we have kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. we kind of let people yeah. know what we thought of him, uh, his performances, and uh, he's definitely turned it around in that one. That just shows now he has to go on now and and play those type of games. And Bowes would be demanding him to play that type of game uh, in the future. He can't drop his level. He can play that that high all the time. No, that's what I'm saying. Consistency is key now for Georgie um, because the supply is there. You know, you, you can't. You can't pick out and say he's been isolated, you know. There's plenty of creative players in that Bohemian team. Lads that we've mentioned, you know, like we've mentioned Liam Ball and Ross Tierney and Keith Warden's playing. But in fairness, over the past number of games, since Dawson DeVoy has come in, he's shown why he's one of the best young players in the league. Keith Buckley in the centre of the park, been absolutely brilliant. He's great last season, but he's just picked it up again this year. So the creative spark in the Bohemian team is there, and it was on full display against the Port and Dark side. And 
George Kelly just now needs to be getting on the end of the chances, like what what he done uh, last night, and prove that he can't be the physical presence to leave the line because that was the big question of about this season, wasn't it? If they can have a, a natural goal scorer, if we can have a natural uh, finisher up top uh, with White and Grandfold leaving last year, so if if he can pick up the way he played uh, yesterday, who knows? Yes, Kelly could be the man to do it because we, like you said, we criticised him and. I'm not going to take it back because the performances were very hit and missed throughout the season. But yeah, that's that's more like it, I suppose, is, is the best way to leave it with Georgia Kelly this week. Now, Shamrock Rovers, let's get back to them. Shamrock Rovers yeah. beaten in two games. They haven't been beaten in an absolute age. They get beaten in two games in four days. And Stephen Bradley comes out and says that it's because of the squad isn't strong enough. They've got a few injuries out and all. Is it fair to say that he, he definitely is missing players? Yeah, yeah, missing players, but I wouldn't really go along with that with a squad like Shamrock Rovers. You know, we, we've we've talked about the strength and depth at the start of the season, really. Yeah, look, it's definitely something you can point out and say, but it's not like they're struggling in that department at all, you know. I think you'd go along with that if it was someone like a Longford or like, like a Waterford or Finn Harps or whoever it may be. But when it comes to Shamrock Rovers, you know, there's still a little bit of quality off the bench, you know. They brought McCann uh, Chris McCann on uh, in the second half you know this is still a quality player that could more than likely walk into most sides in the Premier Division so look we're not saying it's not an issue he was missing a lot of players but when it comes to sort of like Shamrock Rovers the strength and depth and the quality is there so I wouldn't be sold it wouldn't be the sole blame on the, the, the two recent uh, defeats because on the night uh, when watching the game it's been a slug of Rovers they were a much better side, you know. They, they've, uh, they've stifled Shamrock Rovers. They stifled a lot of the good attacking players that they have. Defensively, they were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Gary Buckley, uh, John Martin at centre-half, didn't put a foot wrong. Greg Bolger in the middle of the park, rolling back the clocks. The man was like a fine wine last night. He, he was genuinely one of the best Greg Bolger performances I've seen in quite a long time. And I, I, I throw Shamrock Rovers uh, into that sentiment as well. He was brilliant last night. He really was. Um, and he's changed that midfield, you know. That that was the one thing I, I, I was critical about uh, Sligo last season. As good as he was uh, with the likes of Park and Coughlin linking up together, I thought that that midfield was very fragile with the likes of David Carley and, uh, and Noel Morahan, who who's improving this season. He's a good young player, but he, he's, he's going to get better with Bolger beside him. But I, I think that's gone this year now, you know. This, already the spine of that Sligo Rovers team seems to be head and shoulders above what it was last year. And, I think a lot of that has to go down to the recruitment of someone like Rick Walter. We had Harry Kenny on with us a couple of times but at the start of the season and I asked him where's Sligo Rovers with the, the players that they're after getting in where they're going to be title challengers and if they're after, after the first few games where they kind of impressed with the points tally that they had gotten uh, he didn't think so he didn't think that he thought they were going to fade away that they wouldn't be strong enough do you think he changed his mind now? I think so, yeah. Um, I think they're proving a lot of people wrong. And it's not only Sligo, you know. Uh, there's, there's been a, a fair few teams in both divisions, I might add, that have overachieved or that have surprised many, you know. And they just think because they're top of the table now, they're, they're going to be a lot of people's um, obvious answer when you're asked about surprise teams. But like I said, you know, just, just the spine of the team is, is, is much better than what it was. I think... A lot of the recruits that have come in have surprised a lot of people. You know, we've seen Jordan Gibson in the league last season at St. Pat's. A lot of hoping and puffing and puffing and probably not a great end product. That's not that's night and day this season, you know. He's end product and he's 
his ability to beat a man and his delivery into boxes. He's just he looks more comfortable in that free roaming position that that Liam Buckley affords him at Sligo, which he just didn't have last season at Pats. Shane Blaney, left back coming in from Doncaster, you know, another young lad coming in from an academy that could go one or two ways, really, you know, but anytime he's been called upon, he, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong. So I think, yeah, you have to give credit down to the recruitment, down to, to the improvements that Buckley has made, and I think they've proven a lot of people wrong, Harry Kenny included. Jim Magilton gave a brutally honest assessment of his Dundalk team's display. He said, and he was quoted saying, they say teams reflect their manager. If that's me, then I'm in a dark place. That wasn't the full quote, right? That wasn't the full quote. Go, do the full quote. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. I'll, uh, no, we, we'll, we'll keep PG, will we? We'll keep the show PG. <laughs> Any potential sponsors are listening in? We don't want to be screwing people off. <laughs> no, look, I thought it was a strange thing to come out and say, I must be honest. Um, that, I can only imagine that Dundalk locker room, how deflated he was. Locker room? What a dressing room. Jesus, mate. <laughs> get, out of here. get out of the States. I can only imagine how deflated that dressing room was uh, after the game and so to have your manager come out and you know it's it's not probably not the smartest comment to make really you know um, yeah I don't know about you I thought it was really strange one to make I, I really did we we all know that the, it's a disaster season really for the dark it's already right off especially in terms of challenging for the title let alone challenging for European football but yeah it, it, I thought it was really really strange I don't know what you made of it well, like, first of all, is he the manager? You know, it's, it's it's odd that he comes out and talks about himself as as a manager when he's not confirmed as a manager. He's just slotted in there. They haven't got a manager in, and this is weeks after they've let go their previous manager. There doesn't seem to be anything happening. The Irish League is finished. David Healy could be coming in, but he, he's not in. They they just seem to be making an absolute balls of it. Yeah, it is. And and like we said, it goes back to, in my opinion, it goes back to the fact that at the start of the season, you know, the, the COO left and the general manager within the club left. And we talked about the uncertainty on the, on the pitch, but off the field, it was probably even worse. And they just seemed to be leadership. Uh, they just had no, no leadership on either, on and off the field. And I think that's really reflective now with some of the decisions that are being made. We, we know that the... Um, the, the, the chairman and the, you know, the owners coming in you know they're, they're parsing they're making a couple of strange decisions but yeah the fact that still it's just aimless at the moment but still there's no real confirmation on the manager coming in the day the heat talk was obviously a, a big rumour but hasn't hasn't been confirmed or denied so yeah it's just an absolute mess really at the moment that it's it's something that needs to be sorted out it's not going to be sorted out in, in the short term it's like the fact that you know we have a mid-season break coming up winning one or two players isn't going to really change anything there's also I don't know if you've seen there's rumours of uh, Chris Shields making his way up to Northern Ireland which mm. while Chris is, Chris is getting on it's, it, it'd be an absolute disaster for Dundalk to lose someone like Chris Shields you know like with Gary Rogers retiring at the back end of last season Brian Gartland out with a long-term injury if they lose Chris Shields, all of a sudden, you know, that's it. That's, that's the only source of leadership that seems to be at the bloody club is gone at the door. Yeah, well, that's we'll see. It seems to be a weekly thing where we can't believe what's going on up there. So God knows what's going to happen next week. Derry City, on the other hand, are starting to turn things around, Nathan, to get a win against Longford and then draw against St. Pat's. How did you see them in that game? And, and, and are they improving? The, the results certainly are. Are the performances improving? Yeah, they're getting there, you know. They are getting there. 
some good players in that team, and I, I've talked about Ronan Boyce. He seems to be another love in that I have. I know they're sitting right back, something about me and right back uh, this season. But yeah, look, Ronan Boyce brings a lot of energy into the team. I, I, I taught that from the, from the first game that I've seen him earlier in the season. Uh, I can look, he's not going to get your bag bag full of goals, but as as a, a workhorse, he's, he's really really good at that job. You know, there's there plenty of times that he had uh, John Milton in serious trouble uh, during the game. David Parkhouse, they'd like to get him amongst the goals because he's a physical presence and they're the man that he's going to they're going to be relying on as the season goes on. Well, yeah, look, he's done well. Gary City, he made it difficult for for uh, for St. Pat's. Uh, in fairness, the past performances have probably dropped off a little bit over the past couple of weeks. We're probably a little bit lucky to get out here with a draw. They would have took the draw, albeit there was, there was a late, really, really late chance for John Newton to go and win the game, which he hit it over the bar. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, take, take a step back and look at the game from a St. Pat's point of view. They would have been happy enough with the draw. And that's all credit down to, to Derry City and what uh, Rory Higgins and Rafa Carrow have been able to do in, in a short enough um, time frame. The two bankers of Monday night's uh, games were Drogheda to beat Longford and Finn Harps to beat Waterford. That happened. No real surprises on the results, although Waterford did go ahead, didn't they? They did go ahead, yeah. Uh, Jamie Maskell, another player that we, we, we pointed out as a, no, a potential, potential well, highlight at the, at the Waterford squad. If you're seen the goal, it was an absolutely lovely goal. He made a blistering run from a, a deep left-back position. Uh, just in the complete off the ball run I was picked out and he, he put it away well and they were handing on they were doing well about 15 minutes ago Barry McNamee got a penalty slotted it away well and then of course it's reliable Adam Foley popped up a minute later and got the winner for Finn Harps another good, good win for them you know they're just tipping away now they, they are you know um, we're going to talk about them in a second they're taking a few applauds for how well they're doing but Finn Harps you know, they're, they're sitting in fifth place they're sitting in the middle of the road comfortable enough the side that's been fighting relegation over the past couple of seasons, now they'd be happy there. And you can't really see them dropping much further, just the way things are playing out at the mini. And now they're, they're a good team to watch. I said it a couple of times, you know, I'd start to move away from Finn Harps being a rough and ready side. They're playing decent football, and they've like, they got two goals, I would say, about 15 minutes ago, and there was no panic. They've, uh, they've had plenty of chances throughout the game as well. Realistically, it could have been uh, more comfortable for them. Uh, Waterford keeper uh, young lad Martin and goal pulled up a couple of decent saves uh, to keep it the way it did keep at 2-1 so it's comfortable it's, it seems to be comfortable enough for more he's saying uh, some of the highlight clips and things like that for Finn Harps and yeah they'd be happy enough to just keep chucking along and that they keep tipping away the way they are because if they can go into the mid-season break in a similar position Ollie Horgan would be absolutely delighted with that one yeah 100% and they are on 18 points realistically they were always looking at 10th and 9th, 2nd bottom and bottom, making sure they could get a gap there. There's a gap of 11 points from Longford and 9th, so already in a good healthy position there. And to tell you the truth, as you said, they're performing so well, you can't really see them getting dragged down there with the other two who just don't seem to be able to to get anything across the line. Two games on Saturday are Shamrock Rovers away to Longford and Bohemians at home to Waterford. You're, you're kind of guessing that there's going to be a Bowes win and a Shamrock Rovers win there. Nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but you would think so. But the games on Friday night, Finn Harps against Ligo, Cracker, Drogheda, Derry could be a Cracker, and St. Pat's and Dundalk. I mean, Dundalk are the, the team, even though they're not playing well, you're still kind of, you know there's a performance in them. So uh, some really good games on the Friday night. Um, we're not going to be talking about the First Division tonight because we talked about the First Division on the League of Ireland Sports Bar 
the our YouTube channel. So uh, the big kickoff League of Ireland show. Look it up, subscribe. Um, if you want to have a look at that, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the the first division on. Uh, on I mean, actually, on Friday night, uh, nine forty five. Join us then. Okay, yeah. Nathan. Decent League of Ireland representation in the Ireland senior and under twenty one squads. Anyone else who could have got the nod? Do you think? Yeah, I suppose. Look, we will want you to tell them. Um, yeah, probably starting to see that squad. I don't know about you, but yeah, it, it's always good to see like Danny Manager uh, getting the nod. He's forced to call up now for the Oil International Seniors with the upcoming friendlies against Andorra and Hungary. Um, we're talking about the senior squad. I'm not too sure. I, I, like, they're not in games really, you know. Well, you could you could point to the likes of. Chris Forrester has played well uh, throughout the league. Graham Bork was probably one that could have got the nod realistically for this one. But now I, I, I think Manfield is a safe enough bet, you know. He, he played well from each other the season. He, like you said, it's, there was a lot of uh, intrigue around him, I suppose, going into Shamrock Rovers, where just he, heavy fell off a little bit last season with Bohemians. But he picked up, picked his good form up, he showed his work, he showed that he can be the man that, that, that Shamrock Rovers can rely on to be the creative spark. Now that McInnes and uh, Jack Bourne have gone, so yeah, I, I think his place definitely in the senior squad uh, for me is justified. What do you reckon? Yeah, I listen. There is a big gap between playing League of Ireland and playing international football. The reason why a lot of players go over to England is because they are of a, a better quality than or have have more potential than some of the players who are left in the League of Ireland. There are some good players. Danny Mandrew, again, he's a player who could promise and who could, who could do something. But again, you, you need, the players that go across the water are the ones who are training full-time, who have everything behind them to you know to improve, to be better. And he's picked the youngest of those players and he's set out a stall now. He's saying, I have a new squad here. I'm building something. The, the older players are just going to have to go and you, and you see it James McLean I think is in as a defender so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what way he, he works the team around I mean he's given people an opportunity to come in show them what they can do I, it'll be slightly different I think when it comes around to the, the, the actual games what do you think? Yeah yeah no definitely definitely will be um, and it's even it's having a look and people you know question oh no, no Hendrick on, uh, no McCarthy and Good, you know, like, like you said, you know, just, he, he's setting out a stall, showing that he's going to try and bring in fresh blood. Speaking of even actually the midfielders, uh, we literally, we actually literally missed him out there. Uh, Jamie McGrath, delighted he, he got an odd. He's been absolutely brilliant since he went over to uh, the St. Mary in the SPL. It's, it's it's probably actually about time. He, he, he could have got in, I think, in, in the last, definitely the last uh, squad selection. He, he really has been excellent in going over to the SPL. We've, and, well, we've seen him play for St. Pat's, we've seen him play especially for Dundalk and he showed his worth. A lot of lads go over, you know, and, and he struggled even in the SPL is, and he hasn't, he, he's absolutely flourished and he, he's been one of St. Mirren's main men, uh, especially towards the back end of the season. So, yeah, special mention for Jamie McGuire, he, he really was fantastic. What do you make of the, the Irish team's forward line? Again, Callum Robinson, James Collins, Ida, Connolly, Parrott, Curtis Horgan and uh, what's the fella from Rotterdam United? Dave, oh yeah, Oji Benny. Oji Benny, yeah. that's it. There's not a lot there that there's no there's not a lot of goals, is there? This is the worst answer you can give, but it's just it is what it is, really, isn't it? That's what that's what he has to play with, and that's the issue that we've talked about for 
ever, probably ever since Robbie Keane stepped down from the, from the international level. You know, we were looking at someone like Dave McGoldrick, possibly someone to do, and then he, he decided to retire. You know, fair enough, if you want to focus on your, your club career, you know, you can never stop anybody from doing that. Yeah, look, by looking at it, Aaron Connolly, he's probably the most high-profile playing at the highest level of, of, of the, all them guys you mentioned. Even his day, that Brighton could be numbered. You know, we're struggling to get in at the minute. It's hard to see where it comes from. It really is. You're more so probably relying on people to chip in rather than, you know, looking at someone to be to be getting 10 goals through a qualifying campaign. So it's really, it's really difficult to see where it's going to come from. It really, really is. And which, which is worrying, you know. People have talked about for a long time as a Troy Pirate. It still hasn't really got clicking for him at the moment. So I wouldn't be relying on him to be the man to step up either. Okay. What about the under 21 side? I mean, there's always been a healthy League of Ireland. Uh, I suppose many have gone in there, but many have not progressed on. So um, what do we make of that squad? Yeah, look, Brian Mayer uh, from Bray, Andy Lyons, Dawson DeVoy. Uh, Colin Whelan which I was really really delighted to see he's been brilliant for UCD down in the fourth division like you said it, it's great to see it. it it has always been uh, especially in recent enough times it's been a, a healthy relationship between the, the League of Ireland and, and the under 21 squad so whether some of them can make the step up it, 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 who knows we'll have to wait and see sort of a thing oh, yeah, for looking at people I thought I was surprised not to see um, David Odomusu uh, the draw the goalkeeper not get the nod I have to be honest oh, he, he, he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier Division this season so he was the one that I, I was um, surprised not to see uh, get a mention OK right well the games are only around the corner anyhow it's not too far away only a couple of weeks so it'll be interesting to see how them games pan out and uh, I think all those games, the under-21s are on Premier Sports and I'm sure the other ones are on RT or something like that, TV3 or whatever. That's gone, isn't it, Virgin? Okay, Packy Bonner's back. He is, yeah. Uh, this all took place over the a virtual FAI EGM uh, meeting over the weekend where the obviously had uh, important elections coming up that, that needed to be sorted out. Look, we won't share, I suppose, one or two of the, the main takeaways, I suppose, from the meeting itself. And uh, Jerry McEnany has been re-elected as the president. That's on a, a two-year basis. He won it probably pretty much of a, a landslide victory. He won by 60% of votes over David uh, Moran from Leinster Football Association. Then we've also have uh, Paul Cook has been re-elected as the vice president. Again, a 63% uh, vote in his favour over Ursula Scully of the Schoolboy Football Association. So that means that both Morahan and Scully have now lost their seats on the FEI board and they had to be replaced by independent directors. And there you go, one of those independent directors is uh, one of the heroes of Italian 90, Paki Bonner. He's, like, we, he's to talk about the man for, for, for what he's doing for the country uh, on a plane was till the cows come home but this, he's actually returning this, this, he's coming back to the FEI uh, for the first time in 11 years he was made redundant uh, back in 2010 so you're going to have a bit of um, the quote old guy argument about me you know that, that he was part of the John Delaney era of the FEI so I think that just comes down just to the lack of trust just between the fan base and the FEI just how just, just completely disingenuous to what's going on there so look Patty Bonner so, someone that by all accounts, his, his, his integrity and, and his ability 
his knowledge in the football world is outstanding. You know, even since he left the FEO in 2010, he went to work uh, with UEFA as a technical director. So, a man with plenty of experience, but you know, UEFA won as a League of Ireland fan, like I said, completely just disingenuous to everything that goes on in the FEO. These things that, you know, they might look positive on the surface, but it's hard to really say, isn't it, without seeing any results come forward. Well, I'll tell you the truth, I don't really have much to say about myself because it's all about actions, isn't it? And we've got to wait and see what comes out of, yeah. of this this crew, I suppose. You know, people can say all they want to do, they can do any sort of a dance they want, but unless they put stuff into play and, you know, build on our League of Ireland clubs, build on our grassroots football, build on our sponsorship and marketing, the whole lot, if there's positive actions coming out of that, people will be happy. If there's not, people will be asking questions. So um, we will see in time. Now, there's a lot of talk about a Save Tolka Park campaign going around, Nathan. What's going on? Yeah, I stumbled across this actually uh, over a week ago, I think. And I was like, I was going to bring it to you and then you know, we, we could talk about it here. But I thought I wanted to see look, what, what could unravel a little bit. And this can be surprised and probably can be happiness because it's something that, that I wanted to highlight. It's fair to unravel a little bit. So look, we talked about the Save, the Save Polka Park campaign. It was set up obviously by a group of, of Shelbourne fans and local residents um, surround the Polka Park. The, the whole meaning and, and the whole reason behind the Save Polka Park campaign is that the, you don't want to see the land of Polka Park uh, currently stands on fall into the hands of private developers just chill down to the significant importance that Tolka Park has had in, in, in Irish sport and culture. You know, it's it's one of the iconic grounds when you're, when you're talking about League of Ireland football and while it's falling apart at seams and fairness to the people that, uh, that are involved with the same Tolka Park campaign, they know and they understand that. But they, but they feel with the right planning and the right investment, that can change. And in fairness to them, you know, they're, they're taking action. This isn't something that just, no, they're not just saying, oh, well, with the right planning, this can change. They're actually, they're, they're coming up with their own fine, uh, proposal. So they're financing their own proposal for the future of the grounds, which would be interesting to see. Now, it's not going to be, it's not released yet. It's going to be released in the coming weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what they do propose. So look, at the moment, we know uh, the Dublin City Council want to sell the site. To fund uh, the redevelopment that's going on at Daily Mount Park, we have to, it seemed disastrous redevelopment, not in terms of the plan. Actually, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I was looking at uh, Nationwood uh, a couple of days ago and there was a, the whole piece about the, the redevelopment going on at Daily Mount. And the, the plan is absolutely fantastic and it's something that, that's such a benefit to, the, to not only to Bohemians but to, and Shelbourne, but to the league itself. So, it's just in, in terms of how much is falling behind and we're seeing the cost. The cost of it has risen from 20 million to 35 million. There's, there's a lot of delays. So, yeah, it, it, it's been a bit of a disaster at the moment. So what the what Dublin City Council are looking to do is to sell Tolga Park for 15 million, send, sell the land of Tolga Park for 15 million. And that 15 million will go towards the redevelopment of Daly Mount Park. So, so yeah, could, they, could it jeopardise the Save Talker Park, could that jeopardise the, the the new Daily Mount Park? No, and in fairness to the people of the campaign, they come out and said that they're not actually against the redevelopment whatsoever. They actually, like like, like us all, they think it can be a benefit. They just feel that they don't want Shelbourne to be going in and ground sharing with, with Bohemians is, is the long and short of it. 
and that's where they're going to finance their own proposals and bring their own proposals yeah, but forward. Are they going to bring a proposal to how they're going to fund Daily Mount? Because that's what I'm saying. If the money was going to go from the sale of Talca Park into the, the development of Daily Mount Park, if that didn't happen, could it jeopardise the actual building of a, of a new Daily Mount? It could it more so jeopardise the, the surrounding area because they're looking to put that the, the 15 million that, that's going to be going to come out of the sale of Tolka Park that 15 million is quite vital to the investment the, the regeneration that's going to go into the surrounding area of Daily Mount Park you know they're, they're looking to do the stadium up too but they're looking to, to add in a lot of in, in facilities not immunities around the ground so that 15 million yeah that, that's going to be really important to uh, to regenerate in the, the area around Daily Mount Park so it'd be interesting to see what would happen in in terms of the surrounding area, if Talca, if the Save Talca Pirate campaign was to be successful, yeah, and uh, nothing from Shelburne, not really from Shelburne. No, it, it seems to be fan uh, run at the moment. I think you, you really will see it uh, gain traction when, when the plans come out in a couple of weeks. I have to say, well, I'm excited to see what you can bring to the table. From somewhat, like now I've seen the, the past one is completely different. That fell by the way, so it's so quickly. I've never seen any real steam behind St. Pat's moving uh, from Richmond Park over to St. Michael's Estate across the road. But I even know we sell, look, we all have an affiliation with these places as much as you know. Like the Shelburne fans, you know, Tulsa Park has fallen apart, and that's why they, they don't, they, you want to bring, they want to show what can be done, what they feel can be done with the right investment and with the right planning. We love these places. No, we've all had we have memories in these places. We've maintained friendship in these places. So it is difficult to talk of saying goodbye to, to a ground that it might sound silly to people that might have an interest in football. But you know, like these places have, have gave so much to fans. So the thought of leaving Talca Park must be very difficult for the Shelbourne fans and going to ground here with, with a bit of rivals and daily mates. Where it look, you, you can whatever side of the fence you, you fall on. Like I said, I think the redevelopment down in Park can only be a benefit for the league. But you can sort you you can you can sympathise, I suppose, in a way that you know it's going to be difficult for them to, to leave the home of Tolka Park. You know, Tolka's been there since the twenties. It's such an institute of Irish football. So yeah, I for one, it would just be interesting to see what what he can propose and 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 in terms of you know the investment of it and and how that will. How that will go against the, the, the redevelopment Daily Mount Park and how that will affect it because it'll be really interesting to see. And I suppose you'll have to sit and wait what comes down the next couple of weeks. But yes, yeah, definitely keep your eye on this one because it's not going away anywhere. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what they can propose. Um, Talk Park for me, I used to go week in, week out for a couple of years because I, I said before I, I brought my brother there. It was the handiest bus route in, back out and we, we and Shelbourne had a good side at the time as well. But we went to Talca Park and, and there was good atmosphere there. Um, I think I went, we actually went and seen Shelbourne against Middlesbrough and, and Gaza was playing and there was a, there was a friendly on mid-season or something like that. They must have been knocked out of the FA Cup or whatever. And, uh, you know, Memories like that do stick with you. So there's plenty of others who have uh, bigger, better memories of of cup wins and league wins and 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 so on and so forth. So yeah, I could understand why you wouldn't want to let it go. And uh, I'd be very interested to see what they do there. Okay, fans' questions, Aiden. Yeah, we got the one in this week, and uh, as always, see them coming in to us at the big kickoff. You can get us on social media. You can get us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah, just drop us a DM. Uh, also, keep an eye out on the League of Ireland group Facebook page. 
I'd be often in there sourcing questions, telling the people. So yeah, get them in, keep them coming. We do enjoy them. Uh, this week we got one sent in by a jet man by the name of James Cohen. And James, I suppose he's been a little bit disappointed that he hasn't heard many people, many, I don't know, we found a podcast, a media outlet, but he hasn't, he just said he hasn't heard of many people talking about the Dundalk fan protest that took place on Friday before the Shamrock Rovers game. And look, James just simply wants to know, are these fan protests the right way of going about it? Do they think, you know, this, this is the best way to, to get results protesting against the owners, against the club? It's, it's the best thing to be doing. Well, I, I actually think you have a right to protest. You have a right to protest about anything that you're not happy with. Are they protesting a bit against the results or how the club is being managed? And it's probably a bit of both, I mean, because they come hand in hand. The results are being, dis, you know, disgraceful for the budget that Dundalk have. But how, and we touched on it earlier on in the show, how the club is being run, it, it isn't being run right. And it's, as we said before, it's farcical how they're running it. It's really sort of amateurish. And if that was St. Pat's, you might want to think that you could actually do something to affect that. So maybe that's it now maybe they've, they've they've seen a bit of telly they've seen what's happening over in Manchester and, and this is where it spawned from that's fine if you think as long as you're not doing anything stupid as long as you're not doing anything violent as long as you're not damaging stuff if you're out there protesting you can't get into the games so they, they have to protest outside the stadium Um, yeah listen I'm I'm okay with it I, I, I've no problem with it and what do they think they're going to get over well I think they just want to let their feelings known. I don't, I don't think they think that the Americans are going to feck off and, you know, that they're going to actually change things much straight away. But if they don't vent how they feel, you know, I don't know. They're, they're just going to, they're going to go nuts because I think, again, if you, a St. Pat's fan, felt the way, or if that was happening in St. Pat's and you felt the way that they're feeling now, you'd need to get it off your chest and you'd need to say it. Yeah, of course. We've seen it so many times, whether it be, you know, in, in, inside of football, outside of football, people power can be in, in, in a very important and it's a very important tool. And it's something that, you know, we've seen work in the past. I know that the most recent Dundalk uh, protest on Friday was uh, regarding the, the, the once the chairman, Bill Hullside, to, to leave the club effectively. So uh, that's, that was the aim to, towards the protest on Fridays. And, like that, you know, it was disappointing to see that the only really thing that was publicised was the fact that one or two idiots, which I always going to get at these protests, you know, where abusing members of staff and players going into the ground. And, well, you can never condone that sort of stuff, you know. You, you hate to see one or two bad apples, you know, uh, painting the whole lot and putting, every, putting a bad name on the entire protest, you know. You, you can't get away from the original idea of the protest. And, and that was to, to, to get the chairman out of the club and to to let him resign. We've even seen a couple of weeks ago some dark fans uh, wrote an open letter to the chairman, you know, just, just, just expressing how displeased he are with, with the handling of the club and the effect that they came out and said he didn't really care what people said. And I think that's one difficult thing when you look at a club like Dundalk, you know, they don't actually have an official uh, membership within the club, which is strange, you know, like we've seen, like, oh, we own clubs in the past, we have um, the Painter the Saints, you look at Finn Harf, it's a 500 club, so, that's not a thing in Dundalk at the moment. So you can see why he's come out and said he, he doesn't care what, what people say because it's going to have no real effect on the club anyway, which is a shame to see. 
now I have seen Dundalk fans setting up their own uh, Dundalk uh, fan group. So if there is any Dundalk fans listening in, they might find a bit disingenuous to the club. Go search that out, sign up. You know, that could be a great way to see a change happening in your club. Because like you said, it's people's right to protest. And these people, you know, they spend a hard in money. But they do spend a hard in money. But they could go down to the ground to watch that team play. And you're, you're well within your right to go down and protest there once it's obviously in the confines of the law and once it doesn't get out of hand. You're, you're well within your right to go down and, and, and you know, show your displeasure with the club and, and to do it in, in, a, in a safe and, and obviously proper manner. But, yeah, fully, fully justified with the reason behind that. And it just... Like it's going to be disappointing for them, you know. Like we said, it's just with the lack of any uh, fan membership within the club itself, you can't really see it going anywhere. But this is it's the best way to, like you said, to prove your prove your frustrations. You rather see it manifest itself in a constructive way, like like a peaceful protest. Yeah, it's it's just very hard to see things change there. It just seems like it's going to be one barmy decision after another, and. That's the way it's been going, you know. It's it's okay if you're if you're in Europa League or whatever, and you know you're getting a result here and there and what have you. And so it papers over the cracks. But you know, once you make another decision and another decision and another decision that are all bad decisions, things start to crumble. And that's the way it's gone so far. And you know, they're starting to learn now that you can't just throw money at it and then hope that that's the, the fix. Yeah, you have to have a solid basis in a club. And if, if from the very top, if you're, if you're not solid and you're, and you're not secure and you, you don't have a real focus and a knowledge about what you're doing, the club's in shit and that's what's happening at the moment. So, yeah, uh, I, I do. I feel sorry for Dundalk supporters at the moment because uh, they've got someone up there who really, really hasn't got a clue what he's doing up there. Okay, uh, we're going to leave it there, Nathan. We'll talk to you on Friday night. If you join us on the League of Ireland Sports Bar, uh, click in on YouTube. Um, obviously, on uh, Facebook, we can you can find us there as well. You can comment, send in any comments on any League of Ireland topic. Maybe it's a match on the night. Maybe it's something like this Dundalk situation. Anything at all that you want to join in. And uh, you can even come on air if you send in your email on air and we will click you in and you can talk with us and, and, and put your point across. OK, Nathan, thanks very much.